Well, Gippsland, we're coming to your area of planet Earth. Saturday, July the 8th, 2023. The Morwell Italian Australian Sporting Club for one night only. Buy your tickets now. Phone 03 5134 3541. It's going to be a ripper. For any other information, get onto rewind80sband.com and we'll see you very soon, Gippsland. Woo! Here's what I wrote we used to do in LRB. This is the 80s, the 80s montage. montage. Yes. We've got a special show. Really special show. I'm Jay Jovi. I'm Sammy. Now, tonight we're going to talk about John Farnham, everybody. The doco. John Farnham. Sammy and Maddie went to see the doco, which is in cinemas at the moment still. Get out and see it. They just saw it sort of two, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I saw it last night with my mum and just completely blown away. Absolutely. It's incredible. But before we start that, I just want to mention Pseudo Echo is at the Metro Theatre in Sydney on Saturday night, 17th of June. Fantastic. There's five, six hundred people already booked. Wow. But there's another two that can we can fit in. Have so. you played that venue before? No. I first love time. It. Love oh, that venue. Great. It's my favourite Sydney music yeah. venue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Maddie's favourite recording comes from that, from a live band he oh, was telling cool. me before. Yeah. Um, but no, it's going to be exciting. So if you are Pseudo Echo fans, which everyone is that listen, I know some of the Echoes listen to this show, get your tickets tomorrow or on the day and head on down. It's going to be a great show. Yeah, brilliant night. Oh, that'll be amazing. What, what, a, what a vibe. Yeah, it'll be great. So we leave tomorrow um, to go to the gig and it'll be nice. Lovely couple of days in Sydney. Yeah, absolutely. I love cities. Sydney's. I hope it's uh, nice weather for you. 
Apparently it is great because cannons are already there. Oh, lovely. So like you said, we went to the movie with Brian and Racky. Yeah. To the movie. Remember I said they had the popcorn made of olive oil and I fucking loved that. That's right, yeah. yep. So we went there and it was good to go with Brian because he was signed to Glenn Wheatley at the time. Is that right? Yeah, so Funky Town was a Wheatley thing. Wow, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, that's right. So he... He has nothing bad to say about Wheatley. He said no. he was a really good guy and yeah. he was really fair. Brian, you know, Brian's really, really, he's very tolerant of everyone, I think. Yeah. Where I'm not, you know. Not that I'm Brian Cannon, but I'm not a great, I'm not patient, you know. What yeah. I mean? So um, we had a great time and it was nice to go with someone that was actually around. But I was also around as well. It yeah. is a good one to take your mum to though. Yeah. There were a lot of older people, weren't there? The the cinema was sort of full of oldies and they all clapped at the end and everyone was crying. I was crying. Oh, it's emotional. It's f- in, it's incredible. Mm. It really is incredible. And and as a as a muso as well, and especially sort of as a Melbourne muso as well. Yeah. Um you, you know what those struggles are that he mm. went through. Um but I don't I I really don't think Aussies really know, I, I guess, the the adversity that he faced in his career because the industry made it very, very difficult for him after Sadie. I mean, he had very early success. He was 17 when Sadie came along. Yeah. And that, you know, that went to number one. That was a huge hit, you know, that he was, he was getting mobbed at gigs by girls mm. and you know, it would have been nuts. He was mm. 17 years old. He'd only he'd only been in Australia for seven years. He sort That's of right. came to Australia when he was 10 years old. Now, I didn't actually know that he was from England. Yeah. This no is, idea. This is why I've always thought of, I guess, Olivia and John being ve- like almost the male and female version of each other because, yeah. you know, Livy was upon me as well. Like mm. sort of, you know, she came out here sort of early in life as well. Mm. Very similar. They, they – um. They were a beautiful pair, Livy and John. Yeah, that's right. Now, Livy was interesting at the start. Didn't she sound old, the poor darling? Yeah, she did. I actually didn't think it was her. I was like, is this Olivia? Yeah. You can really hear her getting on and stuff, which it's such a shame now because she's now gone and they were fantastic friends. Glenn's gone. It was quite traumatic to watch. Yeah, it was. It really was. It's you it's know. just sort of – and I forget sort of watching, you know, like I sort yeah. of – I'm so in the mo- moment when I watch a film or a doco, I, I just forgot Olivia had passed away and yeah. Glenn had yeah, that's passed right. away. that's right. And, and sort of the shock in the docos when that sort of happened really hit me because it was sort of in the mm. moment and realising how much of an emotional toll it would have taken on John. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And not only that, knowing about John's mental health. Yeah. Because we all thought he was so confident. Like he was bulletproof on stage. Yeah, yeah. Like we've got some stuff we're going to play tonight with him talking to the crowd and he was just the guy. He just. With the voice. He could do anything vocally. Yeah. And he, he had that confidence in his voice like that, you mm. know, like it, oh, he, yeah. he knew what he could do. Yep. But he had he he had just had a beautiful, bubbly, bright, positive persona to him. Mm. Um, 
and I think I think because of that you don't you often don't think yeah there's a flip side to that you know like it Absolutely. and and uh unfortunately sort of the industry can be quite cruel to those kind of personas as well it's like unless you're a prick you're not going to sort of you know you're not going to survive that's you, right You've almost got to be an asshole to, yeah, absolutely. To, to, you know, continue within the industry. Absolutely. And uh, he just wasn't. No, that's right. He, there wasn't a sort of bad bone in his body. Him no. and Glenn, they yeah. were incredible. They were an amazing duo, those guys. Yeah, that's right. Just the most beautiful platonic love affair between between uh, John and Glenn. The just belief incredible. system they had oh for God. each other. The loyalty. That's right. Yeah. Just those val- those old school values of friendship that just you don't see it anymore. No. You know what I mean? No, it's all about money and, and getting on top of everyone else and, yeah. And just unwavering loyalty, you And know? it's really hard to survive being loyal. Yeah, because yeah. everyone is so fast-paced at the moment and I see this with a lot of bands, not ours. We've got some – I love my band, our right. band. You yeah. Know, fucking amazing. But I've seen it. It's all about money yeah. and what they can make at the show and what they can get out of someone to yeah. tell everyone on their Facebook. Yeah. There's no art behind it anymore. No, no. And that's the thing. Yeah. And the stayers are the ones that know about the art. But I think – the only ones that are amazing are the fans oh, because yeah. they're always loyal Yeah, but the industry isn't. And this is the thing that I think shocks people. They think it's so easy. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's fucking not. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Now going back to – we did play um, Playing to Win by LRB. Playing to Win, yes. Which John wrote. Now this was sort of like I guess – like a second act of his career. Like That's certainly right. in the doco, you know, they they sort of approach things with his initial success and the sort of, I guess, the recovery from that. And then him taking over from Shorek, um in LRB, mm. that was like the second act, you know what yeah. I mean? That was like the middle act. And um, it was incredible. Like I remember this coming out, I think it was 85, wasn't it? Yeah, could have been. Playing to win? Could have been, yeah. yeah. It was a shock, wasn't it? Yeah, it was huge. Because Ugly wasn't up front anymore. No, so exactly. So you had this blonde fucking hot thing. Who could just like sing could anything. Could sing and looked interesting. Yeah, yeah. There was no looking interesting. No. With the other one. No, no, no. It was not Kidsville no. where John was Aussie, you know, obviously we claimed him in the end and – he had the trench coats on and the beautiful mullet and the blonde hair. It was yeah. almost like watching someone just more interesting. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. And it's really hard to be interesting. Yeah. You can be as talented as you fucking like and yeah. sing like whoever, mm. but if you're not interesting, yeah. you got no fucking hope in hell. Yeah, yeah. You know, because even though LRB were huge in America, obviously, yeah. but the thing that I think John was quite constricted by LRB, like he wasn't allowed to do certain things and they kind of I was baffled yeah. by that. Mm. He he had so much restriction, yet they treated him like a session muso. That's right. Yet they lumped him with all the debt. Oh. He left LRB. I mean, they're playing sort of Vegas and all of this shit. Yeah. And he left LRB in debt. Yeah, that's right. It was just shit house. 
And and that's another thing. It was at that time with the industry you were signing these contracts you couldn't get out of. Yeah, yeah. And you think everything's going to happen and you're going to be, you've got all these fans watching you and you're doing worldwide concerts. Yeah. And the manager's taking the fucking money. Yeah, exactly right. You know? Yeah. And and that was, you saw that in the Elvis movie as well. Like you see yeah. how a manager really is. It happens a lot. They tell you something else and they're doing something else, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you think you fucking made all this money. Yeah. And musos think this of these artists too, which yeah. shits me to yeah. tears. Because I fucking, we're going through it now. And the fact is, you don't know what's behind <laughs> someone's fucking career, man. Yeah. Yeah. And you haven't been there yeah. for 50 years yeah. and done any fucking work. Don't make any fucking assumptions. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. it's not a fucking university industry that we all get taught. I never went to uni because I don't believe in the shit. But if you go to uni, they teach you you are on a good wicket being a muso. Yeah. That's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to do seminars and tell people how the fuck it really is, yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. So I've got this interview here which is John um, having a little go at LRB which kind of resonated with me because it's very hard when you have a falling out with people musically. Yeah, yeah. And you can't really say much because then you look like a prick. Yeah. But sometimes you've got to look like a little bit of a prick, I think, for your own career. Yeah, exactly. And this was perfectly done. And I think it was the two guys, you'll know the two guys that interviewed him, that actually knew more about the backstory. So they were taking the piss. Should we give a little bit of context about LRB, just if anybody's not familiar? Just John was sort of, I guess, he was coming out of that Sadie success, like all the 70s. He was still releasing albums and everything and... But um, he sort of went into the wilderness a little bit. And then in 1980 he had a massive hit with a cover of Help. Um, which was just incredible, like mm. beautiful. Mm. He just sang this shit out of it mm. and it just mm. sort of showcased his voice um, in, a, in a way that nothing had sort of before. Mm. And um, when things didn't, when things weren't happening with Shurik, you know, weren't sort of gelling with Shurik, um, they they basically, the rest of the band asked him to leave, LRB, yep. Glenn Shurik. Yep. And... Um, they they never even called another person. They just called Johnny. Mm. You know, mm. he was always on their radar. Um, Glenn Wheatley, they were friends from sort of, you know, pre-LRB days when Glenn Wheatley was in... Um, Prentice, uh, Master's, Master's Apprentice. Apprentice. Yep. I love that song. Yeah. And, um, and sort of here he is in sort of LRB knowing how talented John was. They never called yeah. another soul. They called John. Yep. And he came and sort of came into LRB. But, yeah, they just, I don't know. Look, I think I think what happened with John and LRB was LRB thought they had one over him because yeah. they actually helped him get back on the platform. And then he came. But at the end of the day, right, Yeah. even in cover bands, I've been in cover bands that think they're giving me a fucking platform. Yeah. And they're not giving me shit. No. Because I'm already doing what they fucking needed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm not yeah. going to name those bands. But there's – in our level of whatever, you go to a band and they think they own you uh, because yeah. you're now doing big venues and it's like, motherfucker, you're doing them because I'm fucking great yeah. out front. Yeah, exactly right. You know? Yeah. So don't try and stop me because yeah. this has been going on for 40 fucking years. <laughs> yeah. And this was the thing that angered me about it was – on any level as a musician or a creative, you can relate to this. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Because it is so much pressure 
That's why he wrote Pressure Down. Yeah. Even Playing to Win is all about his career. Yeah. You know. Um, you need to be this amazing singer but then you need to fucking put up with the shit around you. Yeah. And people trying to think they're on top. You know when you start with the band and they think, oh, my God, I remember when I left fucking the puppets and I started with fucking the cunts in the other wigs. Yeah. Um, they were like, oh, my God, Sammy's in the band, blah, blah, blah. And they were really excited and I was tre- cherished for a while. Yeah. And then a year later it was like I was a piece of shit. Yeah. They could keep up with me and they'd sort of done what they could do. Yeah. That's not how it is. If you can't see through well, they that. they felt like they owned you. Exactly. You know. But they didn't because where the fuck are they in, now? Big coup getting you in, and then they felt like they owned you. And which that's is how exactly they keep control. Exactly on a it's a it's a cover band level, but it's the same fucking shit. And also knowing that they control you a bit to keep you down. Yeah. Agents do oh, the same squash thing. Squash you. Yep. Agents will squash you and go, oh no, you can't do fucking this venue because you don't have a show. It's like motherfucker, I could do a show in five minutes. Yeah. So the thing about Wheatley which was different yeah. was he saw the fucking bottom line which was him being so creative. Yeah. So this is why those two would have been thick and thin. Yeah, that's right. Know. Just the belief in each other and but, trust. Yeah. All so, right, yeah. let's play this interview. Okay, this is really, this is very, very interesting. Here we go. <laughs> Johnny, you've been described uh, over the year uh, in, in two ways. Uh, I, I know many, many regard you as the finest singer in the world and uh, you'll get no argument here. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you have been described as someone who oversings. Uh, do you think you oversing? Uh, say in comparison to, you know, say someone like Glenn Shorrock who just sing, sings the, the crotchets and the quavers <laughs> and that's it. No, I, I do tend... You oversing? I do tend to overdo it a bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and I, fortunately, I, I'm trying to work myself out of that. Mariah Carey oversings. Yeah, she does. Um, because yeah. she can, I guess. And, and yeah. I thought that I could, but I can't anymore. But I, I, I pulled it back a little bit. I, I'm, I, I used to try and do everything I could and get every note out of, yeah. out of the thing as I could. And well, I think that's what people. I think that's what people enjoy the, the oversinging. But when you were say with LRB. Was, I mean, did you have people like Graham Goble and his other half-baked mate, uh, B. Bloody Bertles? Uh, I mean, I mean, I can't, I can't work those guys out at all. They're, to my mind, they're cod ordinary. I've had trouble with them all my life. I've never gone on with them. Uh, are you of similar mind, John? Uh, no, not really. Uh, you just hope their guts. Yeah. No, 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 no. not their guts. No. But uh, no, uh, we we actually don't. Talk. Talk much no, uh, lately, but but no, I don't I don't have anything against them at, at all. No. Uh, but I don't spend any time with them either. <laughs> no. um, but but no, was, it, was it? I mean, was it difficult sitting into an ensemble like that where they were yeah. doing a harmony and they yeah. would have wanted you to be right on that right bloody on note at the right time? And you, as an overseer, you would have bloody hated that. Hated it. Yeah. Hated it. Because what what was happening? I, I found that difficult because I'd been a solo performer all yeah. my life yeah. and joining a band and and, and it was in, I was in a situation where I had to. I love to be a team player. As long as I'm the captain, yeah. Yeah, which is fine, um, and and uh, that's just the way I, I, I work, and, and of course that was a little difficult. I felt I felt very. There, there we go. go. And was that Roy and HG? Yes. Yeah. Very funny guys. Yeah, yeah. Very, very funny. Very smart. So very smart, and having a dig without having a dig. He's he approached that diplomatic so diplomatically, yeah, he John. Did. He he. I don't think he could really say a bad thing about anybody blatantly, you no. know what I mean? He would insinuate, <clears throat> I guess it's a British thing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like um, you you insinuate that someone's a bit boring but but um, you would never 
sort of publicly sort of slam somebody, you know. It's mm. not – it's very very common to do that, you know. He he wouldn't he wouldn't do that, John, you know. I can't see him doing that. Yeah, no, no. And I think people used to do it for him though. Yeah, like, Because everyone right. knew the history behind it, you know. And even in the movie he comes across like a bit of a wanker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Whatever he mm. may he may like to be a wanker though. Some people like it. Some people really enjoy being a wanker. You know, people because if you take someone from this far to this far, it's like, well, we did that for you. No one does shit for anyone. Man. Yeah. And yeah. the bottom line is, no one does shit for anyone. No. We like to say we do. You know. That's right. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's never. Oh, well, you know, they wouldn't be here if it were. I mean, you know, Dickhead used to say that all the time mm. about yeah. that. But it's like, mate, I've done this for 20 years. Yeah. You fucking, you know, on our, on my level. Yeah. But um, I, I love that interview because it is a bit naughty. Now, we both love this next song from Whispering Jack, but I want you to introduce it in your best Frank Fring accent. <laughs> so... You will see in the doco, guys, uh, in the early days, John and Glenn lived in an apartment block and they were sort of these, you know, two young sort of blonde straight blokes mm-hmm. full, of, full of life, you know, full of bubbles and um, throughout this apartment young block. Young and full of cum. That's right. Yeah. Good uh, Aussie blokes. Ready to spill it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the apartment block was full of Can sort of. Can I just of, say, interrupt you there? Sometimes that is the only fucking investment you get out of the music industry is your dick sucked. Oh, yeah. It's sometimes yeah. it's so bad. Yeah. At least you're getting sex. Oh, and you don't really have to try. No. It's wonderful. And the thing is, I sometimes looked at, like years ago, I used to look at it and go, oh, at least I'm getting a root. Like it's just not very funny. It's not very fun. It's really hard. It's emotionally very taxing. Yeah. It's sort of your heart is always engaged Mm. and you're always sort of hopeful and getting back slightly less than what you're putting into it. Snakes and and ladders. Oh, fuck. Fucking snakes and ladders. Exhausting. Like like it really can be exhausting. Mm. Um, But, yeah, you do – the reward is that you really don't have to try for sex. It's good. That's right. That (laughs) is the reward. That's right. Even though I – people used to run away from me – if I wanted it and you I really right. put it out there. Yeah, yeah. every now and then. Um, so they live together. So they live together in this apartment block. This apartment block in St Kilda is now sort of notorious, infamous, was full of sort of uh, St Kilda, Melbourne personalities. One of them was the amazing Frank Thring at one point of, of his life and career and um, they would have just thought the world of him and likewise. Mm. Um Years later, John came and asked Frank if Frank would appear in his video for Pressure Down Mm. and he was sort of – came to him really sort of apologetically like, oh, uh, Frank, I'm not sure if you – you know, if this is the kind of thing you'd be up for and everything but, oh, you know, we'd really love it if you'd you'd sort of, you know, come and just put your head – uh, on, on the screen just mm. just for a moment. You can say, no, I'm so sorry to ask. And um, and Frank turned around like went, oh, I'd do anything for you, Johnny. He did. There we go. Yeah. So this is the song that he is at the start of and it's great because it makes no – I remember as a kid thinking, why is this guy fuck? in the video? Yeah. But he was an icon 
And especially he would have been in Thunderdome around this time as well. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, here we go. And your best Frank Fring, let's introduce the song. Everybody, pressure down. There's only one step left to overcome in your quest for success. Pressure. There you go. So we pretty much got to recording this album, Whispering Jack, uh, pretty much after he left LRB. Mm. Um, and they because it wasn't he, long after, yeah, that's yeah, right. Because he was in in debt, they didn't have a lot to sort of they, they were doing sort of one last burst, you know. Yeah. Glenn Glenn still felt that John hadn't had his pla- his real platform mm. and everybody s- uh, could see what he could actually do. So Glenn actually, you know, the famous story is that Glenn uh, mortgaged his house mm. to fund John's John's uh, album, this yep, album. that's right. And, um, you know, you will see in the doco, it was really only three of them working on it. You know, the producer, a, um, another collaborator, I'm terrible with, with names, and John himself, and they put it together in John's uh, – Garage of his um, rental. And David Hirschfelder yeah. was a big part of that, yeah. a huge part of it. Yeah. Without David, none of those sounds would have been there live. The band That's wouldn't it. have sounded mm. amazing. Um, yeah, look, fuck, what do you say? Beautiful sounding album. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Recorded in a in a, gar- in a garage in a rental in Berlin. You That's know? right. So um, there were 100 songs pitched for mm. this record. Yeah. And people were running up to musos from the studios and going, hey, do you want to pitch for John Farnham's record? Yeah. And a lot of people were like, John Farnham, what the fuck for? You yeah. Know, like, it was quite traumatic. But uh, the next song I want to play is um, a really important song to me. It's called No One Comes Close. Oh, beautiful. And we've done – it was on Whispering Jack. It's written by Eric McCusker. Ah. Now – I worked in a band with Eric McCusker. We've interviewed him on the Edge of Seventeen, Coming of Age songs. 
for the 80s montage. That's a really good episode with him. He's a good friend of mine. So I was in a band with him at the time and I remember we rehearsed at his house. I've told you this story. At his house in Brunswick and I went into the backyard and this fucking studio was immaculate. Like it was a whole huge studio like a – like they built it onto the backyard house. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking – how the fuck did he fucking afford to pay for this? You know, not that he's not successful but it just looked more than the average bear. Yeah, you know? wow. And I, I remember saying to um, Eric goes, oh, we'll just set up in here. I mean we'll do – I think the, think the band was Bigfoot at the time and we were doing the rainbow and stuff. Anyway, I said to him, this is a fucking amazing studio, man. And he goes, yeah, Whispering Jack. Oh, wow. And I went, What? What do you mean, Whispering Jack? He goes, I wrote a song on Whispering Jack. Fuck. And I said, which song? And he goes, no one comes close. And I said, that's a slut of a song. I love it. And he went, oh, okay, Sammy, no one's ever called my songs a slut of a song. I said, it's a fucking great song. Yeah. I said, I've called your song slutty. I said, you did come said the boy, that's slutty. I've always said your songs are slutty and he just laughed. But to see the money they made... Like he wrote one song on the record, yeah? Yeah, yeah. But it's always been quite special because I I actually enjoy the ones that weren't singles on the record. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the singles, which yep. sounds bizarre, mm. but the stuff that was underneath the record that we never really heard unless – and we brought the whole album. Yeah. This song blew my fucking nut and it was uh, No One Comes Close. Well, have a listen to it now. This was written by Eric McCusker. So he was one of the guys that actually put in a proposal and it was about an old girlfriend that he was never going to see ever again. She lived overseas. I asked him the whole question. Oh, wow. But um, it's incredible. Here it is. The song you put on the record because you wanted to know more about the story. Like he's a really good storyteller, Eric. Yeah. And it was very, you know, he was trying to get to this woman and she wasn't going there and and it's a true story. It's about 
the ex-girlfriend before, his wife that I'm, he's with now, Yeah, he's had two children with her and stuff and the kids are probably driving now. I used to know the kids years ago. But it was sad because he told me the story. He said, I was so obsessed in this girl. I yeah. chased her overseas. And the story of this is actually in our Eric McCusker episode, Edge of 17. Oh, right, yeah. It's not coming up with the episode number. I don't know why that is. But Edge of 17 and it's the 80s montage. It's when we did all the songs with 17 in them. I remember, yep. And Mondo Rock, of course, Come Said the Boy had 17 in it. So he talks about this because I always found his stories incredible. But not only that, the delivery of this track with Farnham is sexy as shit. Yeah, he did a great job. You know, and then you got Hershey Mm. doing the the programming and stuff. Yeah. There was – you know what I I learned is a formula – with some people mm. and if you have it and you have a tight-knit group that love each other and that build rapport, you can fucking take on the world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that was the one thing I learned. And the other thing I learned was because I was obviously in Melbourne as a kid when this came out. And remember the part in the movie where they said we couldn't get venues? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Disgusting. That's what fucking venues are like. Where did you see him at like – Oh, okay. So my first gig was when the album first came out. Yeah. He was at Moorabbin Town Hall. Fuck's and sake. I remember thinking as a kid, because I was always marketing in my own head, I remember looking around going, why the fuck would they do yeah, this what shit? What the fuck hole? are we doing here? What the fuck? Moorabbin Town Hall. Yeah. Because they could not get a venue. And that made sense to me in the in the doco. I was like, oh, okay, that's why I went to Moorabbin Town Hall. And a lot of you that are listening probably went to that gig as well. Fucking heartbreaking. Fucking crazy is that the public always loved him. The public continued to love him. His peers love him. Like other musos love John Farnham. You know what I mean? It's the industry gatekeepers that made it really fucking difficult. Mm. Like the non-musicians, mm. you know mm. what I mean? Mm. That, that's a thing about the industry that really fucks me off yeah. is the sort of the, the non-musos who are gatekeepers mm. who stop opportunities For and try to steer people's lives and opportunities and everything and it's like shut the fuck up and yeah. get out of the way. Absolutely. Fuck if you've me. got something to say, do it musically. Yeah. And a lot of them don't. Yeah. And they know that so they manipulate the situation. Yeah. We fucking have it too. Yeah. All the time. And you must believe in yourself so much and be resilient because in the end they all fall over anyway. Yeah. But still, it's so frustrating. It's like, dude, fucking sing. Yeah. The guy could sing. The guy was world fucking class. Everyone overseas knew it. And you got like fuckwits scrunching their nose up at the, you know, at the mention of his name. It's like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, look, there was a percentage of Aussies, and I hate to say this, that just wanted to hear Sadie though. Yeah. Which made it very hard to start a new project. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? And that's the funniest shit in the film. That has never gone away. It hasn't. It hasn't. Yeah. But... I've got a clip later on. We'll show that was pretty funny what he says. The funniest part of the movie was when Hershey said, "Here's your fucking Sadie, the cleaning lady." <laughs> yeah. Right? I yeah. fucking lost it. Yeah. Because yeah. we're like that with Jesse's girl in our band, <laughs> yeah, brother. Here's yeah. your fucking Jesse's yeah. girl. Even though I don't mind Jesse's girl, mm. the fact, the thing that he come full circle and he didn't mind doing Sadie in the end, yeah, said a lot. He He'd didn't sort care. Of, that's right. 
and it's a re- it's actually like a very repairing thing to sort of go through and you know you, they want you but people have got to understand if people want to create another level of their career mm. you've got to fucking let the old shit go yeah you got to you got to not of, on the record dickhead yeah you got to you know? shed the skin and i know? remember hearing it at fancy gigs going fucking Sadie, the song's fucking shit Right? People would have yelled it out. Like, you know, sing Sadie. Oh, yeah. That's right. Exactly. You would have wanted to fucking stick pins in your eyes. But he got over that as well because he doesn't have to play it. Why the fuck does he have to play it? We have to play Jesse's Girl, right? I don't care what anyone fucking says. Yeah. You fucking do. Mm. But if it's your song, you have to. He didn't have to play it. No. It wasn't in the 80s. It was a really old song. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. That was the funniest part of the movie for me. <laughs> um, and the and the funniest thing is that Brian, Canham and Hershey are really good friends. They actually chat all the time. And, yeah. And we were just laughing at him because he's quite a cool guy. Yeah, right. And you weren't sure if he was cool in the 80s. You're yeah. Like, oh, I don't know about what you're wearing, mate. Yeah. But yeah. he's fucking cool. Yeah. But the whole band was incredible. Yeah, right. Musician-wise, you know, yeah, like the yeah, guitarist, yeah. incredible. The, the band was amazing. Yeah. He I always had the best band. I think that's my favourite lineup of his band. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the Chong Ling thing. Yeah. I just, he's a bit too clunky. Like yeah, fucking right. Hershey's like, da, 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 yeah. you know, like he's fucking, you know. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't gone to high school to yeah. learn how to play <laughs> piano. Yeah. It just, it was a different feel. Yeah. yeah, And I have watched a couple of videos and I went, yeah, I know who I'd be after. <laughs> so should we uh, play the, the song that really Yeah, absolutely. It? It's sort of... Um, yeah, this was really strange because we've started we started sort of playing this song with the band. And <clears throat> the first time we did it was Cairns the other week in that beautiful venue at C, you know, CPAC in Cairns. And um there were people crying in the audience. Yeah, I saw a guy cry. Religious it was experience. Nuts. Yeah. yeah. Because everyone's going through the John Farnham transition at the moment. Yeah. yeah. You would you couldn't be an 80s band and not do it. Mm. Which I'm sure a lot of them aren't. Yeah. Because we started doing Farnsy at the fucking Croxton years ago. Yeah. And people just love it. Yeah. But yeah. we didn't actually, we didn't think that would go off that well either. Yeah. But it's yeah. almost like a sweet child of mine. Yeah, it is. A Vozzy. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Exactly. So this is it now. Um, interesting video, this one. So this is where my life comes into it as well. Um, I. Don't know the players of the band as yet, but there are a lot of questions in my head and this is where Pseudo Echo is always around for me. So let's just have a listen and then I'll tell this story. Good evening. Here is the news. Gotta make ends meet before we get much 
a little birdie told me, Rewind 80s are back in Melbourne, Saturday the 19th of August 2023, Bird's Basement, 11 Singers Lane in Melbourne. All the 80s you can handle with cocktails. Book your tickets now at birdsbasement.com or for more information, rewind80sband.com. Get your tickets now before they fly away. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, she liked that, didn't she? Did that late <laughs> last night. Yeah, I was trying to do um, the time. <laughs> like the time, the bird. But, yeah, it didn't work. Uh, but, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I do. have done it really well before, but it, it might have been too late. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to do that. Uh, yeah, we are at Bird's Basement, guys. Come on down. It's a jazz club, but we're going we're gonna to do a completely different show, by the way. We're gonna we're gonna rock Maxine by Sharon O'Neill with fucking doo-da. We're gonna do music, real music. Yeah. Um, we're gonna look at the Lost Boys. Lovely. We're gonna do uh, our new In Excess track for you. So it's gonna be a little bit of a different show. You know, I think it's yeah. gonna be great. Well, it's so, a jazz club. You gotta sit there. Yeah. Well, you know what? Absolutely. And and I think it's gonna be great. We yeah. love different songs Can't and different wait. genres. So that was you're the voice. Yeah. Incredible. Even those guys, even those writers weren't crazy about him recording it. They said no yeah. at first. Yeah, that's right. And it, they they went ahead and recorded it. You know, it took them listening to it and hearing it for them to sort of give their approval and realise that John was going to sing the shit out of it. But yeah. um, like initially they were like, oh, Sadie the cleaning line. No. No, that's you know, right. For fuck's yeah, sake. Exactly. The amount of times you hear that in the doco and you're yeah. just like, shut yeah, up. You're having, the, right. you're having the same reaction that everybody else yeah. is, you fucking generic. Like, People don't fucking see talent, man. Yeah. And this is what's wrong with the world today. You've got mm. to do it yourself. Yeah. They don't yeah, exactly see the talent right. anymore. Mm. There's no one like Glenn Wheatley going out there and going, this guy is fucking world class. Yeah. Look. I'm sure we all think that of ourselves, yeah. but that's that shouldn't be the, the thing, should it? Yeah, no, that's right. Like I remember when I did Wentworth and I was there for three weeks as an extra or four weeks and they looked at me and they said, you're fucking crazy, you need to go up the fucking food chain. No one ever said that to me as a singer. Mm. It's like, yeah, Sammy, you need to be in a bit part and I'm like, fucking this acting thing's easy, what happens here? How has this happened to me? You yeah, know, a yeah. world class program. Yeah. Someone sees the crazy and goes, "You're in this episode yeah. eight. You'll be a bit part. And you're easy playing to work a with. junkie." And I'm like, "A junkie? I don't even know if I can play a junkie." They're like, "You can play a junkie. We we've seen. We know what you're like, right?" So that kind of stuff happens <laughs> in TV, I guess. <laughs> you're like smoking meth. Yeah, yeah. I don't know <laughs> if I can even <laughs> play a junkie. That's right. And I remember Bernard coming up to me and going, Sammy, just look at everyone on public transport. <laughs> yeah. Just, just watch everyone. Fuck yeah. And it fucking worked. Yeah, yeah. He goes, and then you came and said you've got to just speak in circles and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I remember thinking to myself, I've done music for fucking however long mm. and no one, everyone just wants a fucking cheap band. Yeah. And this it was, it was just weird. It was really weird. So yeah. on any level I think a lot of artists have been through that where they've had to have their own self-assurance. Yeah, right? yeah, totally. Darren Hinch in the video. Yeah, Jackie Weaver. Jackie Weaver, huge star now, Jackie Weaver. Yes. And then, I mean, they, they were then as well. They were sort of, sort of a big 
power couple at that they time. They were a power couple romantically. Yeah. But she wasn't doing shit in fucking Hollywood. Oh, no, but she was a big Aussie, you know, she was yeah, big Aussie, here. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was sort of a, a film and TV actress But here. I still find her career astounding. Oh, it's amazing the renaissance she's had. You know what I mean? Of, because of um, Animal Kingdom. Yeah, well, that's right. And she left Darren. Mm. Oh, yeah. So there would have been a bit of truth in that argument maybe. Yeah, that maybe maybe they weren't in character. Maybe they were just like, oh, sh- hey, they're having a Barney. Yeah. Put, the, put the camera on That's quick. probably their kitchen, eh? And Darren like, you fucking knew. Yeah, no. yeah, fucking you did it. I did not. Yeah, God, and the wigs were shocking, weren't <laughs> yeah. they? Oh, yeah. Fucking hilarious. Yeah, terrible. So we see the band Farnham has um, and then I'm a huge pseudo fan, huge. yeah. yeah. And Vince Lee's on the drums. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is Vince doing on the drums? Like Vince was like the hot, you know, I didn't put two and two together because I didn't know that Wheatley managed the both of them. Yeah. So I remember thinking, fuck, I hope Vince goes on tour with him. I wasn't sure, you know. Yeah. So I remember meeting Vince like a couple of years later and I said, you were in the Farnham video, man, like, well, how? What happened? And he said, oh, Glenn Wheatley's our manager and yeah. blah, blah. And I started because I was only very young. I was 17, just turned 18. Um, and I was – then I was starting to make sense that they used the same people under the the same record label. Yeah. Um, but it was a great video. The two chicks in it, I think – I can't remember who they were, but they were great. I yeah. think they might have been models, to be honest with you. I don't think they were singers, but I hate – I'd hate to know if it was because, I mean, obviously Lisa Edwards and Vanetta Fields were, yeah. the, were the guys and um, stuff like that. But, yeah, I remember getting quite in, impressed by that. Wasn't that photo of Lisa, Olivia, John and the – it was the guitarist, the – he wasn't the guitarist in the band but he – Oh, from Skyhooks? Yes. Yeah. Greg, Greg? Greg, Greg McCage. Greg McCage. Glenn was, yeah, Greg, sorry. He used to wear the cowboy hat. Yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he looked good in it because he was the one with the grey hair and then there was um, – because Angus Birchall went on to do the drums and everything and he was mm. an incredible drummer. Yeah. He had a great band. But obviously really they did. needed a band for the video so they just yeah. threw people together. Yeah. Um, but I remember thinking, wow, this is interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's a huge song, huge song. Yeah. But once again, none of the radio stations would play it. No. They wouldn't even listen to it. No. They wouldn't even listen yeah. to it. Yeah. They're in the music industry. Yeah, that's right. And they wouldn't fucking play the song to Mate, check if it was any good or not. Fucking full of monkeys, this industry. Fucking idiots. Full of fucking orangutans. <sighs> no, fu- hey, but it took a woman to fucking get shit done, didn't it? Yes. She right. was the woman. She said, I'll play it, John. I cannot remember her name. Was it Kiara? I'm not sure. Was it Today the FM? The fucking hero of it all. Yeah. Something Incredible. like that. Played the song and the fucking thing went off. Yeah. And you just it just takes one person. But why should it only take one person? Yeah, exactly. Why do we have to sit there and pull our dicks until someone goes, all right, no worries, fucking... And once again, they were so thankful. Like John said to her, like, you know, thank you so much. 
And she was like, oh, don't thank me. Like, thank yeah. you, thank you yeah. for bringing me this song. So, yes. so like, she, she she wasn't sort of, she saw, you know, she was a visionary as well. That's, that's exactly she right. She saw was. the genius in it straight away as well and was like, play that fucking song right exactly. now. And it takes a woman to tell a guy what to do. I'm yeah. sorry. But I know through working with a lot of men, if they don't want to do it, you need to fucking go, mate, you're going to fucking do it now, right? Yeah, yeah. Or I fucking, you know, she wouldn't have been like that. That's yeah. how I'm like. Yeah. But she would have been nice about it. But you she don't know was. behind the scenes. Yeah. What if she did scream at she some was. stupid, that's right. Mate, if she was a, re- a um, fucking record sta- uh, sorry, radio station exec, yeah, I bet she was. she might have been was. a screamer. I bet she was bloody, you know, yeah. busting balls. That's right. You would have needed to. So she was incredible. Yeah, she was amazing. Um, was it Kiara Fitzgerald or something like that? Don't know. We're, we're just we're gonna, looking we're, now. We're fighting it. We're, we're shit with names. It, but we are shit with names. But she's only really like these people you don't meet. You know what I mean? No, that's right. You don't meet the but behind it's good the scenes to, people. Good to acknowledge the the people that actually gave him a fucking opportunity. I turned to Raquel during this part of the movie and I mm. said, "See, it takes a woman to fucking do shit." Yeah. And she just looked at me and gave me the nod <laughs> because I was like, "Of course, it's a woman." Yeah. You know. We, I just thought it was interesting because women do cop a little bit of flack for being women in the industry. Yeah. I still cop it. Yeah. I know I do. Yeah. Like I argue with people all the time and they get, <laughs> but Sammy, you can do this. And I'm like, no, you fucking can't, <laughs> mate, because it's my band and you fucking do it my way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like even at Cairns, as, as great as Cairns are, yeah. they're still got to be directed in certain areas and, yeah. and made sure that this happens and this happens yeah. and then you know you can let go and go, okay, it'll happen, you know, and it you, does. You'll always get some fucking cowboy at some fucking venue that oh. just wants to school you back school and it's you like back. we do this all the time, exactly. you fuck with. Exactly. You're in a shithole in fucking Belgrade. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, they're going to they're gonna teach sickening. you about music? You yeah, know? that's right. Anyway. All right, so uh, we should have a listen to this. We, we've got a commercial now. Perfect time. Lovely. Now, I found this commercial. Farnham is the singer on this commercial, as he should be. He makes a fucking jingle sound great, man. Yeah. Have a listen to this, Ripper. I want to go there tomorrow. Here we go. Rundle mode starts to come alive Before the morning sun has reached the sky While you're still at home in your cosy bed We're busy getting ready for the day ahead Run the mall It's the biggest variety show in town We'll make you look like a star And wherever you are There's always specials to be found So come down to Run the Mall It's just the place to come That last night. Holy <laughs> fuck! Fucking I want to go to Rundle Mall. Me too. I want to go to Rundle Mall and fucking run around in your cozy bed. Can you just fucking see the producer awesome. though of this track? I wonder who it was. Going, okay, Farnsy, we want YMCA. 
village people meets the swagman. <laughs> How's the bass yeah. player though? Oh, <laughs> fucking it's LRB <laughs> on bass, mate. You got fucking Timor oh, on there. Yeah, that's right. Very funky. But that was the time they spent on jingles in those <laughs> yeah. years. And they got not 10 grand, they got fucking 40 grand for shit like this. <laughs> yeah. So this would have been Farnsey's paycheck for a little while. Mm. I'd never heard of it. Where the fuck is it? Rundle Mall. Rundle Mall. New South Wales? No, it's in Adelaide. It's the main oh. strip. Oh, that's why I haven't heard of it. It's the mall. Wow. <laughs> Rundle Mall? Rundle Mall's actually fucking awesome in Adelaide. Right. Um, yeah. I think I've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's like everything that happens in South Australia happens on that one strip. Like like fucking a Saturday night on, right. on that strip is just mm. fucking incredible. Mm. It's just like because like strip clubs and fucking oh, bars. Oh, really? And, oh, yeah. People yelling out to each other mm. like fucking cross. Oh, it's mad. So it's there's great. clothes and stuff like that. It remind the video is really good, guys. I'll put the video up in the notes. It's very Stranger Things. You know when they go to the mall and they dance in there, or they just go out to the music and they've got all that. Like you can see the eighties fashion in this. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, look. He would have done that jingle and it would have been a piece of cake for him. Yeah. But he's yeah. made it art, you know what I mean? God, he In fact, all of them are great. It's a lift. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it is. And that's the delivery. They were. Yeah, but that's our commercial today. I love that. I'd never heard of that before. Obviously, we don't live in Adelaide, but Adelaide people will, would may remember it. But it's brilliant. Uh, run the mall. Run the mall. Run the run the mall. Oh, run yeah, baby. Fucking go. <laughs> go to Rundle Mall. I love finger it. Finger me at Rundle Mall. I know. Mall. It's very finger me at Mundle, Rundle Mall. <laughs> find my find my clip, my back, my kit. Oh, it's very that. Very sexual with the wah-wah guitar, isn't it? Okay. It sounds like fucking... I bet I know that guitarist. I <laughs> Very nice. Well, so we that was, the, what's the next song? Oh, okay. So this is my other favourite track. I just didn't want to play the, the singles off Whispering Jack because I think the album was more than the singles. Mm. For me personally, there was a mystery about a lot of these songs and it really taught me about songwriting that it doesn't have to be an obvious hit. Like radio fodder. It That's right. Have to be. Yeah. And these were the songs that meant more to me. So this one is, um, I love it. It's called Let Me Out by Whispering Jack or John Farnham on Whispering Jack. Here we go.
From Whispering Jack, isn't that it's gorgeous? Great. It's like a, it's like an eighties film opener, big time. You know what I mean? Big time. Do you remember these tracks? Because you're a little bit younger. Do you remember all these tracks from Whispering Jack, or is it more the? Singles? No, I remember them. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, your mum would have been flogging it to death through oh, yeah. the housework. Yeah, the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred yeah, yeah. percent. I remember thinking, this record's fucking incredible. The cream on the the cream on it for me is that middle layer of keypad. You don't think it's of it as being like incredible. a like like a synth album, but it's fucking amazing. It's fucking Hershey, yeah. Hershey kisses, man. Hey. Fucking Hershey kisses. Give me a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. I I think fuck, mate. It's funny though because at the time we wouldn't have known how fucking iconic this was going to yeah. be. Yeah. But when you look back at it in a show like this or in a situation where you have friends of friends that know him and, and you go, oh, my God. Yeah. The f- work in this song. Yeah. Just works. Yeah. The layering and everything. My mum, uh, when we were watching it last night, um, mum was really interested in in hearing about the Fairlight because she had mm. no idea mm-hmm. about any of that. Mm. And um, she was like, oh, my God, you know, looking at the sort of, you know, old green, you know, the green sort of lit font on the screen with the special pen and all of that. And um, I said to mum, you know, when they said it was about 30 or 40 grand. Yeah, that's right. In the day, which would have been like hundreds of thousands today. Oh. You know what I mean? And I think it was the first one to come into the country. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Um the Fairlights were super expensive. Yeah. And I'm not sure whether. Are they made here? I'm sorry. See, this is are why I need really? you here. It is Australian, you're right. Fuck. Are I they really? Compl- yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. That's right. What, an export to the rest of the world? That's incredible. Yeah, we'll see. Going out with a keyboard player, it's really good that you're sitting in on the session. So what, um, um, I mean, what happened to that company? What are they doing? I don't think they Did need they to do anything Did they go bust or like what happened? Yeah, well, that's right. Who's but it's such blind? an iconic fucking sound. Yeah. And it, like I said to mum, it still stands up. Yeah. Yes, it sounds yeah, 80s. That's but right. But it still sounds fucking it incredible. Was fucking Tears for Fears used it. Yeah. Um, my girl, Jane Child, who I fucking love, brought a fair light. Is that she right? played all the instruments. I don't want to fall in love. Is all Fairlight, and oh, wow. and she's an incredible artist. So it was the people that really took it seriously that would spend thirty or forty. Yeah. Otherwise, the fuckwits just bought an M one. Is that what you you uh, rhythmics bought as well? Um, was it a Fairlight? Do they use a Fairlight in Sweet Dreams? They famously went and got a bank loan. I don't think the Fairlight was out then. Sweet mm, Dreams, you mean where they yeah. got the cows in the paddock? thought it was, but anyway. Mm, I think the Fairlight was 84. It's really hard to remember because yeah. you're looking at how many years. Yeah. We'll get David Hirschfelder on the phone. Canon would know, but he's in Sydney. I can't ring him. Came out in 79. Well, fucking hell, I know nothing. Um, but how, how long was it until someone could afford it? Actually, there would have been 70 songs that had. That was the whole ladies' revolution there. Mm, mm. 
you know, yeah. Peter Gabriel and yeah, 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 that's all right. those people are, you yeah. know, were using it. But yeah. Fairlight's a great point. And you could see that they were sort of um, going for a bit of a Peter Gabriel with John as well. Yeah. Even though sort of John's John's voice was sort of, you know. Yeah, exactly. Sing, sing fucking Peter Gabriel off the stage. Yeah, well, that's right. They were going for that kind <laughs> of synthy, more mature dude, you know. That, yeah. That, that synthy sound with a more mature um, singer, which was an interesting combination when you think well, about I'm it. Well, I'm pretty sure they would have got the skeletons of the songs and gone, this is a good song, mm. this is not a good song, this is a good song. Yeah. And then Hirschfelder and what was the producer, honey? Ross Fraser yeah. would have sat there and argued about something and then that would have happened. But I don't think it was Ross Fraser, to be honest. <laughs> I think it was um, Hershey. Yeah. Hershey was the creative behind that. Yeah. Because you can hear it live. Yeah, right. Now, we've done that In Excess Burn <clears throat> For You track, right? Mm. I fucking hate In Excess doing that live. It's fucking shit. Yeah. Right? They go pub vibe. Yeah, they do. If you don't have all those sounds in there. Yeah. I'm not into that. Yeah. I'm riding to keyboards and what they can do and stuff. Yeah. And I, I was really proud of us doing that track because you wouldn't hear that, you know, I'm not mean fuck, we're not in excess, but yeah. we're an 80s band and I'd like to pay respect to the song the yeah. way it is on the, the track. Yeah, you know? exactly right. Yeah. yeah, let me out. Um, rip a song. Do we have the songwriter to that? Has anyone Googled that? Because... Rundle <laughs> Is that your answer? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Back to Rundle Mall, Let Me Out. What a fucking great song. Yeah, a lot of um, fantastic programming on that and I I thought it could have been a single like everything else. Yeah. But then you've got to be careful with your public. Are they going to get that dark shit? You know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah, it's quite right. dark and it's quite I want to get out. Yeah. This You can hear his career in a lot of these songs. Yeah, gotcha. So – it was like the Whitney movie when we went and saw the Whitney and she was picking those songs exactly towards right. her own personality. Even though she didn't write them, That's right. she was pulling what reflected her exactly life Exactly the her. same situation. I feel that what he's done with that song, you know, but we'll yeah. have a look at the, the uh, songwriter. Huh? Farnham. Farnham wrote that himself. Farnham. There you go. My fucking point, well 100%. Done. That's Farnham's Fantastic. career. Fantastic. God, man, what a legend. What a legend. I love that song, Farnsy. It was awesome. Now we're up to um, Flamingos Walk and Blazing Peace. Isn't that it? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I couldn't pick it at first. Yeah. But originally called, recorded by Mondo Rock. Yeah, of course. God, Mondo did well on this album, didn't they? Fucking hell. They, they, were, did. they were all good musos, yeah. though. And this is the thing. Go out and see these people, man. Like they are still fucking incredible. Nothing has changed no, with these guys. that's right. The genius is still there. Absolutely. And you're never going to get that ever again. That's right. Exactly right. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. And you should really appreciate these artists because this would have been the same scenario. Oh, Ross Wilson, do you want to write an album? And Ross would have gone, absolutely. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. People with business minds. Fucking know what's up. Yeah. But Joe Blow that's got a fucking cover band and one's hit single would have gone, ah, fucking Johnny Mountain, no, 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 right? It's – this is – these guys are the real heroes yeah. because they they really get everything <laughs> they deserve, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're on this album, you're fucking yeah. amazing. Yeah, I that's reckon. right. Yeah, all right. So do you 
What do you want to say, darling? Because I know I'm crapping on. Oh, about this song? Yeah. I like I reckon just let it speak for itself. Um, are you a fan of this song? Uh Yes. Yeah? Because it reminds me of Up North for some reason. Oh, of course. I think it's been used in a million sort of campaigns and ads and stuff because Mm. Touch of Paradise, you know, cans. Let's have a listen then. Here we go. Touch of Paradise, John Farnham. Beautiful song. Absolutely love it. Yeah, it reminds me of Up North. Very special. So sort of they're going for the sexy angle definitely with this. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Hang on. Turn my mic on. Um, look, it is, a sexy, it is a sexy animal but I think they've kept it safe as well. Yeah, right. I don't think they quite let John be a bit of a fucking sex maniac. No. It's and very it's contemporary. Of, um, lyrically, it's not a sexy song. Like he's 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 saying all I you know all all I all I need to do is look into your eyes for that special touch of paradise. He's he's not saying, you know. He has said some interesting lyrics before. What's your favourite one where he sticks it in? I want to feel my love inside oh, you. Yeah. Maddie's always blown away by that lyric. And then drink I want to feel my love inside you. Do you? Okay. Yeah. I want to what? I want to touch you. Yeah. Maddie's just oh, fingering the air. What a yeah. fist, Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Huh? Over and over and over again. Maybe not fist. Maybe not. Yeah. But we all thought it. <laughs> um, now, Touch of Paradise, can I tell you when I heard this song, I love Ross Wilson, don't get me wrong, mm. a little bit disappointed. A little bit soft cock for me. Yeah, right. And it reminded me of this fucking thing, believe it or not. And I, I remember when I downloaded this on the podcast machine, I went, oh, it's sort of like this. Oh, 
Christ. It reminds me of the Monbulk IXL. I, it just has a blop blop about it. Somebody having a shit. I know, that is, that is. Good ad though. But I remember thinking, oh, it's musically like what? that. Care Bear yes. having a shit. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> yo. Lovely. Anyway, so that's what it reminds me of. But look, Touch Paradise was obviously a huge hit. And all these songs went really well in the charts, you know. Yeah, they did. Touch of Paradise reminds me it's got of a beautiful texture. This song, I love flamingos. It. It's great for surfy people. Yeah, it is. It's that are a bit yeah. chuck and shy to root someone. Yeah, yeah, you I know? guess so. Yeah, I don't that's know. Fine. This is like early day Ed Sheeran, isn't it? Really, where you. Starting to get in touch with your dick and shit yeah. or yourself, not yeah. your dick. That just came out. I'm so sorry, people. Not your dick. When you start to get in touch with your masculine, feminine side as a male. But it, it sort of. I don't like flamingos. I'm it sorry. It takes a special. <laughs> You've said as well like you don't like smiling in songs. When I don't say... like smiling. No. <laughs> don't like smiling at all. When I see your smile. Yeah. I don't like smiles yeah. and songs. <laughs> I really don't. And that's because I'm a Scorpio ascendant. Yeah. I'm not going to smile. <laughs> if I smile, oh, I will now I'm older, but when I was young I was a bitch. <laughs> I just got up and if you didn't like it, I fucking looked at you like I was going to kill you. <laughs> um, that's probably why I haven't gotten anywhere really because it's fucking I was hard. I was like, well, fuck off then. What you know? I was going to say though, you know, it, it, not many singers would be able to get away with this song and I really think he does. Oh, fuck yeah. This is what Australia needed. Yeah. This, is, this to me is the track that's been planned. Yeah, right, right. I think the others were just, here's a song. Experimenting sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Now there was a part in the movie where, which was interesting where he got in trouble. Do you remember when Gaynor said, oh, he got in trouble? Oh, was this the track where he got in trouble? Which track? Burn for you. Well, we got Did in he? a bit of trouble. Didn't he? Yeah. They didn't elaborate, but I'm sure I know what it is. Who do you look out? Oh, no one. I didn't say that. Oh. Don't be. Oh, look, who knows? But um, he got in a bit of trouble. Gaynor got in a bit of trouble too, but we won't go there. Um, anyway, Touch of Paradise, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful song. Oh, look, I think we needed to play that because a lot of people do relate to it. Because at this I time, love it. Queensland was hot. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was a big. This time, I mean, this is sort of eighty-seven by this stage. Eighty-seven, eighty-eight. That's very right. Queensland. Very Gold Coast, you know. Really bad year for me because <laughs> I'm not going to get romantic in these years. <laughs> I'm going out to bang you. Yeah. So this shit ain't going to suit me, you know. Yeah. If I'm at a nightclub and you go, my You're favourite like, song on. is fucking Bird of Paradise. I'll be like, nah, next. Bird of Paradise. Or whatever it is. Ah, uh, nah. No, I don't yeah. like feathers. No, that's right. Flamingos. That's right. It's very Gold Coast, this song. Very Gold Coast. Yeah. Very, um, would you like a chair house or whatever that, timeshare unit? Yeah. Would you like a chair house? 
Would you like a timeshare house? Didn't you ever get caught up with that Did in you like Queensland? A you'd be go, you'd be walking down Cavill Avenue and some fat cunt with a clipboard would go, "Hey, uh, look, got any time? Got five minutes, ten minutes? We're going to take you into a share house situation." <laughs> and we went in, and I was six. Yeah, it's not a share house. <laughs> what do you call it where you pay money? Think- yeah, timeshare. Time I never share. knew what that was. Right, it's as crap. a kid. That's what it is. What was it? I don't know. Rather, but was it like sort of bartering? Like rather than buy shit, you you kind of negotiated like a swap with their business. So you know, no, no, no. I think like that? fifteen people owned it, and you got your timeshare of when you could use oh, it. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, I cool. think that's what so it like was. sort of like group investing. That's right. Right, okay. So make sure you wash the sheet shit. Yeah, it was, it was timeshare tight ass shit. No, this is yeah. my weekend. Oh, I like the Voyager. This is Voyager. our weekend That's here. That's right, yeah, well, exactly. We own but it. But when, when we used to go into these places as a little kid in Queensland, I fucking thought we were the richest people in the world because I didn't think we weren't getting it. I thought it was a competition. And I'm going, fucking Jesus, we're going to be able to come to Queensland every month. But <laughs> mum and dad would walk out of it and go, nah. Some fat cunt with a clipboard and talk yeah. you into it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he fucking said anything you wanted to hear. Would you like a chair The worst house? sales. <laughs> yeah. Would the you wor- like a share <laughs> <laughs> The worst sales people in the world, mate. Would you like a share house? That's yeah. my bread. Yeah. yeah, we're really yeah. paying Clean the sheets, to John. bitch. <laughs> Poor yeah. John. Poor Johnny. He's going to hear this and oh, want to no, distance he, himself. If he does, he'll probably have a laugh. But um, <laughs> Touch of Paradise does remind me of Share House. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Friday, 500 a week, you could took it on this. It's like, it's could shit. we? Could we? Really, Mum and Dad, you know? Just, are we investors? Yeah, that's right. It's very exciting. Oh, well, I think that's why you do it. Mm. It's like an affirmation. One day we might yeah, do yeah. it. Oh, we're in a good position. We, we're dad, on a good um, wicket. Mum and Dad wanted to buy a caravan park in um, oh, Rosebud. Yeah. Well, it's like fucking. Yeah. It's like John buying the re- John buying the restaurant, being a muso and b- going in with Colleen Hewitt to buy the restaurant. Did he though? Called Backstage. Did he? I don't know where it was. I think he it was fucking in didn't. I don't remember that. Was it in Q, I think? Or Colleen Hewitt? Fucking that would have made no money. You're going from one industry. Didn't she that sing Wind Beneath My Wings? Something. Yeah. You go from one industry that, you know, you get ripped off left, right, yeah, and centre. No, You're do a restaurant. going into another one. That would fucking... not do a restaurant if you paid oh, me. Oh, God. That no. was big in the 80s, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy a restaurant very, with your money and investment. Yeah, it was sort of. They're glamorous. not fucking investments it's anymore. Not an investment. No, it's like a fucking. Pain in the ass. Yeah. Why would you do that? He, lo- he lost money from that. He lost money. Everyone does. It's called backstage. I don't know why musos do that. Like Livy with Koala Blue oh. and her fucking knitted jumpers with a Silly fucking... sort of unrelated, yeah. I don't know. And they're not good investments. You know what it is? Having too much money. Yeah. Not that they don't deserve it but you kind of get bored with your money and you go, oh, maybe I'll fucking put out some jumpers. Some lovely colourful jumpers. Yeah. No fucking way. That would be nice. I remember going to Koala Blue, looking at it, going, "This is not going to last." I was eleven. Put my money into garishly colourful jumpers. Yes. People want that. No, no, that's right. 
and aprons they and shit. They are gorgeous. They are gorgeous. <laughs> Not fucking really. Hell. They're fucking I think everyone, awful. They are. Every mum had one though. Oh yeah, because Livy owned it. But the, that's right. But the problem was when Livy started putting this stuff out, then <laughs> everyone tried to rip her off and make the same jumpers. So yeah. there was no um, Jenny Key. Jenny Key. That oh, bitch. she loved a fucking Ken colour. Doan. Ken Doan. Ken Doan's all right. Didn't he do her jumpers? I don't know. Didn't he design them? I don't know. I don't know. I've lost track. I have fucking no idea. Colourful but, jumpers. But they were colourful. For and, God's um, sake. Your mum always had a koala on her jumper. Yeah. During the fucking week. That was the that was the jumper you a went out to. A knitted one. A knitted one. What? What? <laughs> what was that? Jackson Pollock. <laughs> Did your mum's jumper? Oh, Jesus Oh, it's Christ. like a crime scene. That's fantastic. Light. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, they don't look, stop at the jumper either. That's right. <laughs> so what else did you like? About, I, I, the, the message for me, the movie, the message for me was there's a certain amount of energy you can have as a band mm. and it wasn't LRB for Farnham at all. Mm. They were just fucking oh, made me so too egotistical. You know, you can tell Farnsy's fucking down to earth. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hate musos like that as well. Like I just think, you know what, you can do this with anyone if you're fucking counting notes and shit like that. But the thing I saw with the Whispering Jack, the first lineup, was incredible because you could see everyone was on the same page. They all wanted it to work. And when you all want it to work... Because whatever Farnsy does, if he doesn't have the right people behind him, it's not going to work. No. No, that's right. You know what I mean? You can't push the barrel up the hill on your own. Yeah. Oh, how is like in in, in the doco, in the period between Sadie and the 80s when he was playing Twin Towns and he had to fucking count the band in. Oh, my God, yes. Fucking how's that footage of Twin Towns? With the kids and their fucking toys up the front. What the fuck's that shit? Kids sitting on the ground. Oh, and that's another thing. When you are rejected and Mm. the industry fucking spits you out, Mm. you do end up with loser musicians because you don't think you're worthy of great musicians. You just sort of take anybody, anything. Exactly. Because you think... Oh, I'm I'm a nightmare and everyone doesn't like me. I'll just have these guys. And yeah. that's what happened. So I'm so glad Glenn Glenn had such a fucking good eye. Went, hey mate, if the drummer can't count himself in, fucking get rid of it. Jesus. Right? Terrible. And Twin Towns was hilarious because it would have been quite a big venue, maybe then. Yeah, yeah. And I mean it's a big venue now, but mm. anyone can work there. You know, mm. but they've obviously given John a go. Yeah, and because Queensland as well, so it would have been like oh, from the south. Oh, touch of paradise from the tour. South timeshare tour, absolutely. Um, have we got one last song and then we'll wrap up? We do. So I just want to give us an. Ex- this is um, a fantastic song. It's by Cold Chisel. Everyone wants to hear it. Of course you do. He sings this beautifully. Now this is when this is two thousand and seven, so we're not we're going out of the eighties. This is just as Lisa has had a little girl, which was a really big thing because Lisa was always on tour with Johnny. You know, sometimes you miss out on this family mm, shit when yeah. you're that busy. You know, yeah. as a woman, and and um, 
She had the baby and she was in the audience with the baby. I loved meeting Lisa. I've never met Lisa. She's um, wonderfully rough. Oh, good. Like she looks glamorous, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. like stagey yeah. and glamorous. Yeah. But she's one, of, she's one of us. Yeah, that's you know? right. Well, I think most female vocalists are though. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've met anyone that has. Swearing and flirting oh, on the younger yeah. blokes. and Yeah, flirting yeah, yeah. Them. What did Renee Gay to say to you, babe, one day? You've got lovely skin. You got lovely porcelain skin. <laughs> Where are you? They know what to say, because you know what? It's a, <laughs> it's a it's a fucking industry that makes you tough. Mm. Makes you tough. Mm. You can't be girly. You got to <laughs> be loud and boisterous. Yeah, and, you got to be tough. You know? And Vanetta Fields was tough as well. Yeah, and an incredible artist. Um, an incredible I her, singer. I saw her support Dion Warwick. At uh, Jupiter's Casino. Uh, it's so funny. <clears throat> anyway. Oh, yes. Absolutely. This last one? This last one is When the War Is Over. And, and it, it, this actually shows you a little bit of um, crowd participation that the audience would get excited and speak loud. And they, he was very good at communicating with his fans. Here we go. <laughs> She's not an ugly baby. I don't want you to put a bag over her head for. <laughs> But no, you see, it's very difficult when you're singing to take breastfeeding breaks. <laughs> Although I wouldn't... Oh, anyway, there's another story. So... <laughs> oh, well, it's after 8.30. Who cares? I don't know what time it is. Nine o'clock. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> no. Now, this next song is an Australian classic. It was written... No, it's not bloody, Sadie. That was never a classic. <laughs> but this song was written by... A fellow by the name of Stephen Prestwich. Yes, that's very good. Thank you for giving the whole gag away. That's very nice of you. <laughs> but it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful song. And in, in light of some of the fearful, dreadful things that are going on in our world at the moment, I think this song has a great deal to say. to get away Pack my bags to no place in no time no day You and I we used each other's shoulder still so young but somehow so much older How can I go home and not get blown away?
Just beautiful. Beautiful voice. That banter, though, is incredible. Yeah, that's right. It's really sweet. And, you know, it's very hard to find a front person that can banter like that. Yeah, And have an incredible voice. It was almost like um, cabaret on a very large scale. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that sort of, that level of interaction, you you know. Well, you've got to be, you've kind of got to be a bit conservative. Yeah. But I'm just wondering whether he was swearing because there was a lot of editing in that. It wasn't clear. I mean, it's an old yeah. thing, but it's. I doubt it. Yeah, I, I know he used to do bloody and stuff like that. Yeah, but, but I'm, I can't remember if he did. No, he wouldn't be like yeah, fucking fucking fuck would he? Ass. Yeah, not like us. Wouldn't be. Um, <laughs> that's right. Beautiful song. I want to bring up Lindsay as well, who sang backing vocals for him. Yeah, he's a lovely guy. He's a really lovely guy. Um, great choice of song. It was like the help. That yeah, that's that right. Help, you know? Yeah, yeah. He sang the shit great. out of it. Amazing. So, for me, vocally, there are three vocalists in the world that I think can do a connected voice, which is the chest and the head together to make mm-hmm. it sound like head. Incredible, amazing. Farnham, yeah. Um, Shaka Khan and Stevie oh, yeah. Wonder. Those three singers yeah. can do the whole crying thing. Yeah. And you don't know where the fucking register is because they're doing bits of everything. Yeah. And it it's must real... feel amazing doing oh, it. Oh, it does. It's like a bird. Yeah. You feel like you're fucking <clears throat> flying. Yeah, yeah, like you're taking off. Yeah. And I say that to my students. I say, look, if you don't learn how to do this mm. and feel that freedom of being able to sing these notes yeah. with such ease, yeah. you're not singing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You just sort of live in the motion, you know. Yeah. And I think that they're the only three singers I can really think of that I've looked at over the years and gone, fuck, you know. Yeah. And Farney, Farnsum was put, Farnsy was put in that. Farney? Who's Farney? <laughs> Farnsum? Farnsum. Farnsum. God, we've got to stop drinking champagne. <laughs> oh, my God. When the war is over. <clears throat> beautiful song. Guys, check out this doco. What's yeah. it called? Finding the Voice. Finding the Voice. It's fucking incredible, guys. It'll sort of move to art house cinemas um, within the next couple of weeks. Um, I saw it at the Sun Theatre in Yarraville. Mm. It's a good opportunity to get out and support the sort of smaller cinemas as well. But you've got to see this story. Incredible. You've got to see this story. And I'm, I'm, it's really sort of left me thinking overnight and I couldn't stop thinking about it and um, – We've still got John Farnham. You know, That's this right. is the thing. We've still got John Farnham. These con- This level of Australian legends are falling away from us they very are. quickly, you know, and I, I sort of was looking at the King's, King's Birthday Honours and how Barry Humphrey's got an, you know, an accolade for, for the King's Birthday Honours. A bit late. He's, par- he's passed. Yeah, that's right. We've got to cherish these artists, these legends, Australian legends mm. because John Farnham truly was a legend. And, like, I, I came away from watching that doco and I just – I said to mum, I hope he knows how much he's loved. Yeah, and appreciate I hope yeah. he knows how much people love him, you know. And and I guess, look, 
I don't know. You know, who who knows if he will ever hear this, but this is our little platform. Yeah. And this is what we do here. We're, we're sort of promoting nostalgia and remembrance and sort of, you know, trying to point out the genius from the 80s and everything and say, you know, this these guys are still around. Get out and see them. Get out and see them. John is one of them. Who knows if he will ever sing again? Mm-hmm. It he He doesn't need to, like no. his son said in the doco, he's been to the top of the mountain he and his flag is still flying up there. Absolutely. Um, he, John's got nothing to prove but I just wanted John, if you ever hear this, the public love you, John. Mm. Your peers love you, John. And and as long as you've got the public and your peers who absolutely love you, the industry can go fuck themselves. Absolutely. Who cares? That's right. You are the industry. Don't You, you are, know, that's right. Don't fucking worry about it, you know. Yeah. Like don't yeah. feel as if you've got anything to prove, John, no. because you don't, you know. No. You, you, he's, he's the most charismatic, warm, beautiful, generous, approachable person mm. and he's just absolutely there for his fans. And in, a, in like a sea of absolute pricks, he is just like a beautiful, beautiful person. So I, I hope you know that, John. And I hope you guys please take the time, go and see the doco and play his music most of all. You know. Are they going to put this out overseas? Because I think it would be huge. Yeah, I imagine they yeah. would, yeah, yeah. Because I think it's one of the best docos I've ever seen. It'll go off all through Europe you and know everything. Yeah. The, the thing about Farn, Farnham is that he's a pioneer and he's stuck to his guns and not many people do that. Yeah. And it's it takes a lot of guts and determination and resilience to do that. And... Just he's keep changed the industry and back and for back. it. He's changed the industry. Whispering Jack was so like now, his 12th al- album. Exactly. Or now that dumb cunt in an office with mm. a fucking Drambuian coat, yeah. he's going to sit there now yeah. and look at this young kid and go, maybe I should give him an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike the industry in the 80s where it was like, oh, fuck, you've already had a go, mate. Fuck. And yeah. that's what it's like. Yeah. But there's got to be some. I mean, look, I don't think the world's there anymore. I think the world's fucked. Like it's fucking fucked. No one sees talent anymore. They don't hear well, it. Who are our legends that we've got left in the music industry now? Jimmy you've, Barnes. You, Jimmy Barnes. You've got Kylie. You've got you. You, you know, mate. I've. There's I've, a small I mean, handful, Sammy. That's right. Like, who are they from today? Is what I'm saying. And you know why there's saying. a small handful? Because no one knows what the fuck they're doing in this industry anymore. Yeah. There are a lot of people that are talented. Yeah. It's just oh, we got to spend money on this shit. You yeah. know. Yeah. There's no risk takers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not only is this John's story, this is um, Wheatley's story as well. Yeah. And, you know, fuck. But who are our fucking legends from, you know, who are our legends from the last sort of ten years? Fuck who? Who? Guy Sebastian and fucking yeah. Jessica Mowboy. Oh, shame. Like who? Yeah. Shame job. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's another thing is that you don't have organic talent anymore. You just don't have that level of genius. I mean, look, Jessica's amazing. Jessica Jessica's amazing. Guy is amazing but they would not be in the in the fucking situation. It's not the same if league it wasn't, is what I'm no, saying, well, that's you right. know. Exactly. And but surely the league, they know the, that. No, they may not. You know. Because you can't really think like that if you want to be big. No, that's true. Yeah. See, we come from a different school of thought where we think – I want to aspire to be these people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is our training. This is what we watched growing up. Mm. 
where you go on a show like fucking The Voice or, you know, bend over, I'm a pop star, whatever the fuck it is, you don't care. You already think you're that, (laughs) right? Yeah. There's a certain amount of insecurity that we have about ourselves that is organic Mm. which keeps us going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that means but – I just don't think we're the type of singers to go on Australian Idol and go, no. oh, look at me, I'm amazing. No, no, no. I'm just happy to be working Fuck and doing yeah. quality work, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah, thank you for listening, guys. There you go, guys. Love yous all around the world if you're a fan of John Plays Music and please bring your friends to the show. Please like, share, rate and review the 80s We've montage. got two new Patreons to thank. We do. Oh, my God, Karen. Has become a patron. Patreon. Yes, Karen. Thank Karen, you for coming thank on you board. so much. We love, love it. And Leith from Tasmania. Leith. Well, we'll it's see L-E-I-T-H. you very soon. Is that Leith for a girl? That's Leith. Like, I know a Leith. Leith. Oh, wow. Yeah, Beautiful not Leith. Not Leith. Not like Leith Garrett. Leith. It's, a, um, Leith. it's an Irish name. Beautiful. Yeah. She has become a patron. Now, Leith wrote in a letter to us that she was a single mother and she oh. really wants to help support the show. She wrote us a beautiful Beautiful note. Thank you, Lee. Lee, Are you going to come and see us in Launceston? Yes, she is. She's got tickets. Fuck yeah. Yeah, she's up the front. come and fucking see us. We need to meet and greet. Absolutely. Come and grab us. Absolutely. We will love it. Staying on the subject of Leith, next week is her show though. She's requested another compilation album. Oh, so this fuck is for yeah. She had a lot of ideas that were great. Loved them. Of yes, so formulating. Next Thank week you, is Leith. for Leith, mm-hmm. and it's a compilation album, and it's a ripper. We let our patrons do whatever the fuck they like. And you know so what? This it is saves for you, us Leith. thinking it's of coming shit. Next week, absolutely <laughs> saves us thinking. Yeah, of shit. that's right. I no, love it's it. fucking great. I love it. I can't believe how much the compilation album thing's going off. Yeah, it really is because it's it's brilliant because. They were our, our, our childhood. Yeah, know? yeah, exactly right. Good on you guys. Please um, jump on board yourself as a Patreon for as yes. little as $1.50 a month. For $10 a month you get the extra episodes where we just talk pure shit. Yes. It's patreon.com Absolution. forward slash oh, the 80s montage podcast. There we go. Mm. Now come and see us live with Rewind 80s all around Australia. Rewind80sband.com. Bird's Basement, get your tickets, guys. You want us in Melbourne, we'll get the fuck, get your fucking tickets. There's no birds in there anymore. They've no. chased them all out. That's right. Yeah, cleaned up They've all the bird shit. Cleaned out the bird shit. It'll and be lovely. Come, and it's got cocktails. So oh, it's good. cocktails. Now, you can get a meal if you want. Yes. You can organise yourself a meal, but that comes in the ticket price. So mm. you just get online. It's I think it's birds ba- birdsbasement.com. Lovely. Very exciting. But everything will be in our notes. We've got some big gigs coming oh, up do. at the end of this year, guys. We, we won't announce them just yet. No. Um, but very, very exciting, especially people, uh, you know, in Melbourne. We've got some great gigs coming up. So awesome. We'll see you out in the road. Lovely. All right. So like, share, rate, review on every platform you can. We love you guys. Thank you for listening to our Farnham episode. The eighties montage, and if it's music, mateys, or cool shit from the eighties, we're going to talk about it. Unreal. <laughs> <laughs>